0: How's it going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. My name is Chad. With me, as usual, is Leonard. And this is a show about wrestling. Happy Halloween, Leonard. Happy Halloween to you, Chad, as we're recording this on Halloween night. Right. So you might be listening to it well after that. And as such, we are going to be doing a rebook. And we are rebooking Halloween Havoc 1995, brought to you by World Championship Wrestling. And... Before we get into our rebooks, let's go over the event as it stands, which was the seventh annual Halloween Havoc event. And it took place October 29th, 1995, from the Joe Louis Arena in Detroit, Michigan. And that was the second second consecutive year that it took place there. Um, The cover showed uh of the vhs showed hulk hogan squeezing a uh, or trying to squeeze like a fake looking pumpkin um it looks like uh the uh pre-show was wcw main event and Mm -hmm. there were four matches on that we start with eddie guerrero defeating disco inferno paul orndorff defeating the renegade Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko defeating the Blue Bloods of Lord Stephen Regal and Earl Robert Eaton and Craig Pittman defeating VK Wall Street. The main card begins with Johnny B. Bad defeating Diamond Dallas Page, who's with Diamond Doll and Max Muscle for the WCW World Television Championship. 17 minutes and one second. Randy Savage defeats the Zodiac in one minute and 30 seconds. Kurosawa with Colonel Robert Parker defeats the road war defeats not the but defeats road warrior hawk in three minutes and 15 seconds sabu with the Sheik defeats mr jl in three minutes and 25 seconds lex luger defeats ming by disqualification in 13 minutes and 14 seconds sting and rick flair defeat brian pillman and arn anderson by disqualification in 17 minutes and nine seconds Hulk Hogan defeats the giant in the sumo monster truck match randy savage defeats lex luger in five minutes and twenty-three seconds, and then the giant who's with the Taskmaster defeats Hulk Hogan with Jimmy Hart by disqualification. That matches for the World Heavyweight Championship. Fourteen minutes thirty seconds.
1: So, Leonard, what did you think of pay per view? So, uh, you know, I don't always rewatch the pay per views when we do the rebooks because I'm familiar enough with them and I just look at the cards and such. But I recently have been rewatching some of the older Halloween Havocs. So I did rewatch this one. And just going over uh, the match listing doesn't really tell you all of the stuff that was going on here. Um, I found the pay-per-view largely forgettable outside of the god-awful stuff that was going on between Hulk Hogan and the Giant. The sumo truck thing is long and boring and weird. And the match itself, you have the Yeti, as Tony Schiavone likes to call him, running in and it's such a schmazz at the end of the show. And that just eclipses everything else, which is largely forgettable. Um it uh Savage and Luger had to win preliminary matches to fight each other later on, but I don't think it's ever said why that right. had to happen. <laughs> um you also have uh Ric Flair turned on Sting in in the tag match and I love that angle. But here's how overshadowing the Hogan Giant stuff is. I thought that was a different pay-per-view. I thought I didn't realize that happened here. I thought that was a, the September show or the November show. So so that's a significant angle there. And for me, the best match on the card was probably DDP versus Johnny B. Bad. I, I would give that maybe three, three and a quarter stars. That was a pretty, pretty good match, and bad got a nice pop for, for winning it. So outside to the giant Hogan stuff, which is god awful. And the Savage Luger stuff, which doesn't make sense, it's just uh, a, a bag of nothing, largely.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I probably would agree with you as far as the best match on the card goes. Uh, the, you know, the Johnny B. Bad DDP match went a lot longer than I expected it to. Uh, but it was pretty solid for what it was. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the, the the giant dies here and then comes back. Yeah, the- he <laughs> falls
1: completely off the building, and and I believe, I, I think it might have been Heenan tried to save it that he landed in the river, but if he did, isn't he wept. Right, and
0: the Yeti sexually assaults Hulk Hogan in the middle of the ring, I'm pretty sure. This yes, Hogan
1: is the middle of a giant Yeti
0: sandwich. <laughs> like, it's so, even on Wikipedia, it says about the Yeti's involvement uh, in one of the most awkward moments in pro wrestling history. Yeah
1: yes i believe that if i remember correctly i believe the yeti is ron Ron reese
0: yeah that yeah that sounds right um yeah and yeah i mean it like you said you know this match this card has a lot of nothing on it you know uh kurosawa was a wrestler in japan but it had a different name there um and You have Sabu and Mr. JL, who is Jerry Lynn, if I recall correctly. Yes. Um, And, you know, they have a like for three minutes and 25 seconds, they have a solid match. But, you know, it's style uh, and moves that the crowd clearly was not used to seeing Um, Mm -hmm. the the storyline at the time. I remember as a kid thinking the idea of Andre the Giant having a son coming to attack Hulk Hogan like sounds silly and interesting, but the way it's executed here is just ridiculous with the monster truck. And then the match itself is like you said, a schmaz. Um Paul white was, you know, greener than goose shit uh at this stage uh, of his career. So mm-hmm. yeah, this was uh not a great period for WCW, which is why, you know, in the next year, you would see Hogan
1: turn heel, and there's shades of that here, um, mm-hmm. in dressing in all black. Yes, because he was fighting with the Dungeon of Doom, and the idea was that he had to cross over to the darkness to fight them, and that's why he was dressing all black, and he shaved his mustache, and he did all, all, all that stuff, and then, of course, it would come out later, he would go back to the yellow and red, and it would be revealed that the Zodiac was a double agent, Right. And working for Hogan the whole time and that everything was a ruse and nothing meant anything. Right. And
0: I'm pretty sure Leonard crosses over to the darkness to do this show every week. That's uh, every, every, every
1: every week. I crawl into a bottle right beforehand and then I crawl out of it. For this. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, all right. Yeah. So we agree that uh, this event needs to be rebooked. And if I recall correctly, Leonard, I have one more match
1: than you. I believe. I have 10 matches, and I think you said you had 11. And, of course, we always have stipulations when we do these rebooks, and I, I came up with the, with three of them. One is that you have to have a spin-the-wheel-make-the-deal match. Um, it was something that I believe they only did twice, but it's just the original run of Halloween Havoc. Of course, it came back at NXT. Uh, but it's so ingrained with these pay-per-views, I thought it would be fun to have a spin-the-wheel-make-the-deal match. You also have to have something Halloween-ish, since this is Halloween Havoc. It could be the spin the wheel, make the deal match. It could be something else. And since main event was a part of things, you have to rebook main event as well, at least two matches on main event. And while we've done dark matches before in our past rebooks, I don't think we've ever done a pre-show. Right. That's true.
0: Um, So, yeah, I I, so I'll get started here. Um, I have four matches on my pre-show, the main event show. And uh, the first one I have up here is Brian Pillman versus Eddie Guerrero. And this is a match that would happen in 1996 at one of the Clash of the Champions. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they would face each other, um, but it didn't happen quite yet at this juncture. So I think, you know, any amount of times that you have these two face each other, it's, it's bound to be interesting and good. Um, Eddie Guerrero is young here. Brian Pillman could still go at this point and uh i think it would have been fun to see this on on main event and that's you know my first two matches on main event are really the only reason i have them there is because i think it would be fun to see and they'd be good matches so
1: Mm -hmm. and you know we've talked before it's kind of like what i did with my first match is is you want something that is fast-paced that is 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 action packed to get the people woke up and going. And again, Guerrero and Pillman, I think in this period were both really kind of coming into their own as workers. Um not that they weren't good before this, but you know, this 95, 97 in that ballpark, they were both great. So yeah, as just a good match, that that's a that's a good pick. I like that. And uh for my first match, I actually used Eddie Guerrero too. But before that, I have a, a, a segment to kind of set up some stuff. So um, if you watched uh, uh, the, in real life, Halloween Havoc showed uh, footage of from a previous Saturday night, uh, WCW Saturday night, where Sting was going to defend the U.S. title against Johnny B. Badd, who didn't show up. So Pillman got the match. And then Bad. it was revealed later that he had his tires slashed by DDP and Max Muscle. So I would recap this. And then I have Arne Anderson and Brian Pillman come out and say Due to WCW, you know, bylaws, uh, a loophole because uh, Pillman was a substitute opponent that wasn't technically a title match. Sting hasn't defended the U.S. title in 30 days, and he should be stripped of it if he doesn't defend it that night. And they believe Pillman should get the match, and 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 the tag match with with them uh, against Flair and Sting be called off. Now, Sting might have defended the belt at other points. Doesn't matter. Retcon that out. Uh, And then I would have Nick Bockwinkle come out as the WCW commissioner. He hadn't been on TV for a while at this point, but he was still around, I believe, in the back. And he would say that the board has decided we're going to have a triple spin the wheel. uh, Stipulation for the main event, which I'll get to later. And then we're going to have another wheel of guys on the roster. And the first spin will be Sting's opponent for the U.S. title. And the second spin will be Flair's new partner for the tag match. And I'm going to get to that later. Well, I'll I'll go ahead and tell you now, because I'm going to do that on main event as well. The idea is to load main event with so much good stuff that you want to buy the pay-per-view at the last minute if you're watching from home. So when it comes to the wheel spin, Sting's going to get Sabu, and Flair gets a question mark, meaning it's a mystery partner chosen by Nick Bockwinkle. And we'll get to that later. So after all that, my first match is going to be Eddie Guerrero versus Mr. JL or Jerry Lynn. Uh, again, both these guys are great workers at this time. Um, the, the cruiserweight division wouldn't develop yet for a while in WCW, but these guys are working that style. And, again, it's a match. Uh, and, again, I'm pretty sure Guerrero and Lynn linked up in ECW, uh, but I would just match that would be good, that would be high-octane, would wake up wake up the crowd and a match I'd want to see. I like it.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, I, I can uh, dig that. A triple spin the wheel is interesting to me, too. Um, uh, you know, let, let me get to my next match before we get to some of my silliness to come later on. Um, okay. you know, I thought about using this guy in a different way, but, uh, my next match, <clears throat> I have big Bubba Rogers versus Dean Malenko. And I don't know if this match happened. <laughs> like I looked up some of these matches, but part of me just thinks that this would be a good match, even though these two might not look like they would have like a mesh of styles. I feel I feel like these styles could potentially go well together, um, and it doesn't have to be very long. But you know, I had to use Dean Malenko somehow uh, because
1: he's too good not to. So there you have it. Yeah, I, it, I'm picturing the two of them like in the ring with each other, and it is an odd picture just because Malenko was so much smaller than Big yes. Brother Rogers. But but you know, I. I Rod, You know, Big Bob Rogers or Big Boss fan, I think he's underrated. He could work with a lot of different people. Yeah. And and I think a guy like Malenko would get a good match out of him. I think he could work with Malenko. So even if this was short, which I, I guess it would be for main event probably, I, I, I like it as a different idea. All right. So my second match is a tag team bout. It's going to be the Blue Bloods of William Regal and Robert Eaton, Versus the American males of Marcus Alexander Bagwell and Scotty Riggs. So, looking up stuff, because I wanted to know who the tag champs were at this time. Harlem Heat had just won the belts back from them on the Saturday, WCW Saturday night the night before. Even though it had been pre-taped before it aired uh, that Saturday. So... Um, I would have the Heels win here through face miscommunication and tease a breakup of Riggs and Backwell following their loss of the tag team titles. And I like Regal and Eaton, and I wanted to give them the win. Uh, so that's another reason there.
0: So yours was the Males versus the Blue Bloods? Yes. Yep, well, we'll get to that later on again on my card. All right. <laughs> um, my next match is a short squash um because i felt like the title needed to be dealt with somehow and i have for the television championship diamond dallas page versus ming ming destroys ddp in 30 seconds with a bunch of a bunch of chops to the throat and uh ming is your new wcw tv champion <laughs> that's all that's i you know what ming needed a title I don't know if he ever really got a good run with a singles title. And uh, why not have him go in, destroy DDP? Maybe he goes home with Diamond Doll. Something like that.
1: I would love to see him just like pick up Kimberly and just walk off with her. Yeah, Who's going to stop him, right? Yeah, and, and she's into it, though. That would be the thing. Because at this point, she was like, whoever DDP was against, she was for. It. Yes. She, yeah, yeah so, so she'd be into it. Um, you know, somehow I thought you were going to like have Ming just whip on somebody. I wasn't sure who it was going to be. I wouldn't have guessed Paige, but, uh, yeah, why not? Put a belt on Ming. I love Ming. I actually wound up only using him as a run-in, although I did want to find something for him, but I only used him for a run-in. Uh, so my main event is actually for the WCW television title is Diamond Dallas Page with Max Muscle and Kimberly defending against Johnny B. Badd. So I kept that match by it to main event because you're giving main event a, a main event that is worth something, that is meaningful, that is a big-time match, again, that might entice some last-minute buys. But what I would do is I would have Page go into the ring, say Bad didn't show up again, Teased that they slashed his tires again. And then Hulk Hogan rides bad in on his Harley Davidson motorcycle. So you get Hulk Hogan on the pre-show, pop everybody, and then bad would go in and you would have that same match. I think that match is fine. It makes sense for bad to win. So I am keeping that match, but I'm I'm changing the the pre-match kind of stuff and I'm moving it to the pre-show instead of the main main card.
0: I like I like that. Um, you know, I thought about keeping that match as it is, but I, I did change it around. So my next match, if you want to call it, is the craziest thing I have. And uh, you know, you talked about wanting to load up main events so people buy the pay per view. Well, I'm gonna give them a doozy here right before the pay per view starts, mm-hmm. and it's uh, half my own creation. It is a Chamber of Horrors costume contest battle royal. That's what we're doing, Leonard. We're right? There's not a ton of people in it, but uh, everybody who comes in, every character is dressed up like something, and we're gonna see where I'm going with this. All right, Zodiac comes in and he's dressed like a barber, Renegade comes in and he's dressed like a warrior, um, Disco Inferno, you know, he'll dress like uh, dress and act like John Travolta um vk wall street will come in looking like an irs agent uh maybe he's wearing a wrestling jacket as well um Mm -hmm. craig Pittman is in it he he's gonna dress and act like sergeant slaughter road warrior hawk comes in and he'll have on uh you know road warrior animal makeup
1: That's thought you know as soon as you said hawk i said the gimmick there would be he's dressed like animal
0: yeah Uh, The Nasty Boys are in it and they're they're dressed like they're they're calling themselves the good boys in this one. And they're they're dressed appropriately in suits and ties. Um, So this is going to end up in a massive lawsuit, you know, uh, in some way. But, you know, the winner of the costume contest gets to sit in the uh, not the electric chair, but we'll just call it the cage in the middle of, Mm -hmm. of the whole thing. And then the winner of the battle royal, those those two guys will face each other, and the winner gets to
1: keep their job. That's the prize. That's... Every, you do a loser leaves town or everyone gets fired match, like every time. I should not
0: be in charge of a promotion for that reason, because somebody, yes. at, at the end of the year, half of the roster would have lost their jobs or left town. Um, yes. yeah, so that's, that's what we're going to do. And, you know, I don't even know who I would have win this, um, but the crowd would see what was going on. They would see they're, they're trying to allude to like all these other characters. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe maybe we have uh, Zodiac or Robo Warrior or Hawk
1: win it. But I would say Hawk or Zodiac would probably be the two guys highest up the card as it would be and um, would get the most reaction. I thought yeah. about having Big Bubba Rogers come in dressed
0: like a like a police officer. Yes. Or mm-hmm. something like that. Like, I was going to use him for that, but I was like, then I don't have a way to use Dean (laughs) Malenko. So, you know, so I had to keep that match the way it was. But maybe Big Bubba Rogers comes back for this, you know, just for fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. He he can work twice. Why not? Yeah. Uh, You know, my first main match is actually my Halloween match, and it's a trick-or-treat straight fight. Oh, damn it. I get one of those, too. (laughs) So that's a gimmick the WMD would do later on, but it's certainly something you could do here because uh, Halloween Havoc has always had, like, you know, pumpkins and tombstones and coffins and stuff lying around. So I would have all that stuff littering around the ring. Right. And it would be a fatal four-way between the Renegade, Disco Inferno, Zodiac, and VK Wall Street. Mm -hmm. So basically four guys whose regular outfits are basically costumes anyway. Right. So they're already dressed for Halloween. Uh Disco would take a pumpkin on the head at some point. Yeah. And just walk around with a jack-o'-lantern on his head. That would have to happen. It doesn't matter who wins here. I thought about giving it to Wall Street just because you know it's Mike rotundo Although I think Renegade's the only face, but Renegade's push was completely over by this point. Right. So again, it doesn't matter, but I might just have Renegade win since he's the face.
0: I like that. Um I like the idea of the match. Maybe not Renegade winning. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, all right. First match on the main card for me: Arn Anderson versus Jushin Thunder Liger. Um, again, I
1: always used Liger because I saw he was on the roster, but I decided not to bring him in.
0: Yeah, again, I don't know if this match happened. And you know what? This for some, this might you know strike them as a clash of styles. But you know what? Arn Anderson to me can work with anyone, and I think these guys could put up a barn burner of a match with you know like a a balance of technical wrestling and Mm high-flying skills um that i think could really really work well um you know similar to you know uh, some of the guys that brian danielson works with these days like he'll always bring the technical wrestling you know but he might he doesn't hesitate to get in there with somebody who you know does some of the more spots spotty stuff so that would be my opening match, and uh, yeah, again, it's just a match that I think would have
1: looked really good either way. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I think Arn would go for like a ground-and-pound technique, would try to stop Luke Liger from flying, take his legs out from under him, uh, while Liger would probably get his hope spots in, uh, which would be kind of flashy. I like the idea of that of that a lot. It's one of those matches I never would have thought of to put together, but I agree with you. I think those guys can work with anybody. And, and I think it would have been a, at least a match that, that if, if people didn't know about like today and they came across it and they're like, what? They would they would just need to watch it. So right. that, that's a cool idea. So my second match, and I need to actually go to my notes now because I uh, – don't I had it all memorized, but I didn't You're okay. Trying so this to insert is your the, own
0: costume contest, Leonard. I know. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. No. I uh, second second um, match of my main show is for the WCW World Tag Team Titles. Harlem Heat or the champs, as I mentioned earlier. Were so they champs? They had won the belts off, off of the American males, from what I had looked up. Yeah, see I was trying to put
0: together who had the belts at this point and like I saw that the males want it like a week later and that eventually Harlem Heat would take it from them but like I, I thought that when I was looking up the timeline that it, that Harlem Heat would get it after this um either no, way
1: so so you know it doesn't matter I it doesn't, you know, it it doesn't it,
0: matter this is a rebook so it really doesn't
1: matter but uh right right i can say that they won it but i had looked and i thought that i had seen you know I'll, i'll double check that when you go over your next match and i can look a little bit more so i might have been off on the dates on that but anyway in my world harlem heat's got the belts and they're going to defend those titles against dean malenko and chris Benoit. so they were working as a tag team a little bit during this time as we saw from the real main event that happened and these are three workers coming into their own at this time. All these guys are getting really good around 95. Uh, and, and you know, not not to, to uh, say anything against Stevie Ray, he always held his own in the tag matches with, oh, yeah, um, I agree. with the team and was the muscle of the team. And I think this is just a really good match. I, I, I would maybe have Sherry interfere so you can set up a rematch down the road. I wouldn't take the belts off of Harlem Heat yet. But these are, are is just. I think this would be a surprise match. I think this is a show stealing possible of a match.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree. I think this would have been a really good match. Um, and you know, I wanted to use Harlem Heat in some way, but you know, when I was looking it up again, it was just a matter of like, oh, if, if they're not the champs, I really don't know how to use them. Um, so I, I didn't end up using them. But you use them in a good way um i had thought about using you know the other tag team i i didn't for for an obvious reason but uh yeah this would be a great match for sure um my next match is for the wcw united states championship okay and- real
1: real quick before you yeah. go on i did look it up and according to wikipedia harlem heat won the belts back at a september 27th tv taping for saturday night and that taping aired on tape delay on October 28th, 1995. And I believe this show was on the 29th.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, in any event, um, we'll have to do some you know, imaginative storytelling with my tag match later. Well, it um, doesn't matter. Again, like we
1: said, doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this is for the... You, you, you can just say that that match hadn't aired yet. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, for the
0: United States Championship, it will be Johnny B. Badd versus Sting. And, uh, you know, this. obviously this match was supposed to happen. Those watched the original pay-per-view um, and it didn't. But I would have Johnny B. Badd go over here. Um, oh. uh, I would have him beat Sting for the U.S. title. Um, I, I think that he was much hotter... Then WCW gave him credit for, Um, you know, they would have him, you know, kind of be the opener on like every pay-per-view for for like a two, three year span. You know, and that's just kind of how they used him. And I I think that he deserved a little bit more. Honestly, Leonard, at one point I thought about putting him in the main event, Um, not as like a like I, I thought about incorporating a spin the wheel thing to have him in the main event with Hogan. Um, I, I toyed with that idea for a while. And then I, eventually I just decided not to go with it because I couldn't think of how to logically get him there. Um, but, uh, in any event, I think that, uh, he is good in this spot and I think he and Sting would have put on uh, a decent match for sure.
1: Well, I love the idea that you brought back, uh, the fact that Bad was owed a U.S. title match and gave him that U.S. title match. I think that is... Uh, uh Really smart to do. And I agree with you. I think Mark Mara overall was underrated. And I think a lot of people look at that character and they laugh at it. But he was over um, yeah. around this time. And he got a good pop when he won the TV title. So winning the U.S. title. And, again, I think you can keep this a face-versus-face matchup. I think, you know, Sting gives him the handshake afterward, that type of thing. And it frees Sting up to be more of a main event guy than, than you know, your your second kind of tier champion. Right. Uh, and, and, of course, and since you moved the belt off of DDP, they can continue the bad DDP feud just uh, with the U.S. title. So, yeah. So, I, I, I dig that a lot. I think that was smart using what had already been built. So, next up, my next match, I have Macho Man Randy Savage versus Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. And I would have Savage come out dressed like Orndorff and Orndorff come out dressed like Savage.
0: That would be interesting to see.
1: <laughs> so so as 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 their Halloween costumes, they're dressed as each other. And th- and this is just two guys, um, you know, older veterans. They had lost a step by this point, but it was a step nobody else had to start with. Um, just a good, I think, old school match you could have here with these two guys. Uh, I, I, again, no storyline here other than the fact, oh, it's funny to have these two guys dressed like the other one. Uh, you know, Savage comes out in the Mr. Wonderful robe and and uh you know Orndorf's got the tie-dye and the cowboy hat and the sunglasses and all that. Uh but this is just I think would be just a solid old school type of match. I, I would have Savage win since he's higher up on the card. And I, I didn't look it up. I'm sure Savage Orndorff happened at some point um, in the yeah, WWF. no, no, they were both
0: heels in WWF. So I wonder if it did Yeah, well Savage
1: was fate was, was faced for, for a time, you know, yeah. after uh he, what well, was it through, through what 80 most of 88? So I didn't look it up, but it possibly happened, maybe didn't. But I, but we're seeing it here. I, I just like the idea of putting those two guys together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It would be a good old school match. And you know, afterwards, I'm definitely going to look up to see if that actually did happen because I'm curious yeah. uh, to see what it would look like. Um, but yeah, that would have been a good match to see for sure. Um, what would not have been a good match to see is my next match, um, but there's a reason for it being there, and that is. Okay. Luger versus the Giant. Okay, so, you know they have the Giant debut, and they just kind of come and fast forward him right into a program with Hogan. And I think that that was one of the mistakes. <laughs> and I think that if they had shown you, you know, like they would have done with any monster nowadays, whether you're talking about WWE, AEW, or whatever company, you have these monsters debut and prove themselves, show them destroying people so then it makes sense for them to get a title shot against whoever um so that's what i would have done here you know before you getting to hogan well you know one of the you know faces of wcw for years and years and years have him come in and just annihilate lex luger it doesn't have to be a squash but uh you could have lex luger put up a fight but just the fight that he's putting up is of somebody who's just is unable to overcome the awesome size and power of the giant. That would be my storyline for this match. Um, mm-hmm. I have the giant go over cleanly and, you know, then, you know, have him deliver a promo or have taskmaster deliver a promo, whoever in the ring showing that the giant is, has his sights set on Hogan. I think it would make more sense to have him, wrestle a little bit more
1: yeah i'd like that idea that does make sense to me uh it's not what 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 i did but yeah you you're probably in the right there uh that you needed to build the giant up more uh bef- before getting to that hogan match so that's a smart way to do that uh while you were talking i did look it up very quickly and apparently um uh, Randy Savage and Paul Orndorf had some house show matches back in 1986 including at the Philly Spectrum which I'm finding and they had a match on uh, September 2nd of 1995 part of Worldwide so the C show for WCW
0: are they on YouTube or you just looked on like uh, cage match
1: no, I, I I quickly just did a quick Google search, and the worldwide match is listed as being on YouTube. So maybe we can watch that and do a um, uh, uh, a match, you know, analysis of that. And uh, apparently, also, which is on YouTube, Paul Orndorff and Tito Santana versus Randy Savage and Bob Orton. That's a collective there, isn't? Yeah, which probably would have been, I would guess, later '85. All so, right. We can watch both those matches for, for the future. Absolutely. So uh, my next match, much like yours is one that probably people won't want to see. And it is Lex Luger versus road warrior Hawk. Originally I was going to have Hawk go against uh, Ming here to use Ming. But I figured you got to get Luger on the show. Right. And this was two big meaty guys slapping meat back and forth. <laughs> no selling everything. All kinds of power moves. Um, keep it short. And you can still have the storyline if Luger is a secret member of the Dungeon of Doom. I would have Ming do a run-in and like interfere have Luger not want it uh, but wins through the interference and doesn't like it. But you can set up Hawk and Ming for the future then by by doing that. So this was just two guys I thought needed to be on the card And they're not known to be great technical workers. So let's put them against each other and make something quick out of it.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it would be a pretty match. But, uh, you know, you did use the word meat a lot in describing. Yeah,
1: that's a meaty match.
0: uh, Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about the use of the terminology. (laughs) But, Mm -hmm. no, um, yeah, this would be a match would be what it is. Um, You know, Hulk had, you know. A bunch of singles matches you know he had one against flair at one point and you know so Mm -hmm. like he could certainly have a solo career um you know luger you know you kind of had to be somebody that was really good worker to do stuff with him so yeah this might not be the best match but it would be interesting to see yeah uh my next match would be my wcw tag team championship match and as i'm thinking about it the concept that i used here you really could put You know, eventually, ultimately, it's against the Blue Bloods. So, whether Mm -hmm. you have the American males or Harlem Heat, they're both from America, and this is a flag match. So, (laughs) technically, you could use either team. Um, And either way, I'd have the Blue Bloods go over. Um, You know, you could have them use the flags as weapons, Um, it, it makes for an interesting visual. Uh, you know, I think, I think it could be fun in that way. And I think whether you're talking about the American males or Harlem heat, I think the match would be decent. I think the match would be better if it was the American males.
1: Um, yes, I agree with you because, because a heel versus heel match there, I don't know if it would technically work. I think a heat would, would become the default faces, but yeah, right. the American males is much better. And again, you can just, in your world, that, that tape delayed match is never aired. Or they, or they, they their mind, or it's a phantom title switch that has happened. Absolutely. So, so it, it so that's a phantom title switch in your universe. And yeah, the fact that it's a flag match, I think the crowd will get behind the males a lot. I think, um, you know, both these guys are a little green and Bagwell and Riggs, but I think they both sold well at this time. So if you've got the the evil guys beating up on them, and again, the fact that that the the blue bloods represent. Great Britain and Bobby Eaton is from the South, right. but he's you know, he's the Earl of Eaton at this point, which was yeah. always hilarious to me. I always <laughs> loved Blue Blood, Bobby Eaton. That was always hysterical. They could have done so much so more with it. Yeah, yeah, they really could have. There was some vignettes, but it could have done more. So I, I do love both those guys. They're both, you know, and probably my top 50 of all time, Eaton, Eaton and Regal. So giving them the title here. And waving the you know Union Jack at a hostile Detroit crowd, that's a great visual. Absolutely. That's great. All right, so I've got my next match, and it's the U.S. title battle I had announced earlier: Sting, who's the champ, versus Sabu with the Sheik. Now, Sabu is the Sheik's nephew. This is the original Sheik. They're in Detroit, that's why they came in, and they don't necessarily have to work face. You know, I think they're definitely working as heels here against Sting. And instead of Sabu getting a throwaway match against Mr. JL, a meaningful match that shows what he can do. I looked it up. Sting and Sabu never happened. I don't know where it would have aside from this little small window of time here. Um, So I think it just would be neat to say that these two guys had a match. Um, You know, Sting was very athletic, not as athletic at this point as he was earlier before he blew out his knee, but could certainly hang with Sabu, could take his offense. I think Sabu could sell Sting's offense. I think this would be a, a cool match to see. I think it would be a pretty good match. I don't think it needs to be that long. It could be under 10 minutes and be and be fine. And then afterwards, I would have Sting win, of course, and then afterwards, I would have the sheep throw a fireball or whatever and incapacitate Sting so Sting can't help flare in the tag match so they would they would they would the commentary would make that clear sting can't help uh to add another wrinkle to that later on but again just I was trying to figure out I wanted to put someone different against Sabu I thought about doing Savage and sabu I thought about doing that mm. so I just but it's, if he's here I wanted to give him a meaningful opponent
0: yeah, I, I agree. I used Sabu uh, with uh, a, a unique opponent as well. We'll get there. Um, my next match, however, is a Trick or Treat street fight, and it is between Randy Savage and Lanny Poffo. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, you know, Lanny, Lanny was on the on the roster, pretty much just on the payroll. But yeah, a lot a lot of people may not know know the story. um um, is is that savage of course got lanny the a job and they had optioned or somehow got the gorgeous uh, george gimmick and and lanny was getting himself in really buff shape and had dyed his hair bright blonde and you can find pictures of him out here during this period but but as WCW would often do, they never called him. He never came in, and he sat at home for I don't know how long and just collected a paycheck.
0: Right. And, you know, I looked it up, and these two, you know, were tag team partners. They faced each other, but in IWC. Uh, yeah. So is from what I could tell, it never happened on a main stage. So. You know, and I, you know, you can probably guess why, you know, they, maybe they didn't want to do that, you know, different types of star power. Sometimes they were both heels, whatever. Uh, I think it would have been great to see brothers face each other here. And I I think that they could have had a lot of fun with the stipulation as well. Um, You know that they would have had chemistry. As I said, they worked together when they were younger. Um, So, yeah, that's why I, I, you know, I was trying to think of a way to use Savage. And I was like, Lanny Poffo's right there. Why not use it? would be a memorable match. It would probably be a really good one. So there you go.
1: And, you know, if he has blonde hair, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he could. they could have said, hey, we're going to bring you in for something else. You know, cut it and die it again. Whatever. Or watch the die out. Um, yeah. I mean, I saw that Poffo was on the roster. I never thought about using him. I knew the story, of course. Uh, but yeah, that's a really neat idea. You know, I don't know. It's like, is it, Papa a surprise opponent or do, or does Randy know that he's getting his brother?
0: Yeah. I think that there's a story leading up to this, you know, like, yeah, uh, it could be either way. Randy Savage, you know, saying, you know, you were always a disgrace to the family, <laughs> you know, you know, it could be anything, you know,
1: yeah. Brothers fight but, all the time. And, but, right? Yeah. And even though those guys definitely could have had a good match straight up. Uh, the, I like you said, because of who they are and, and uh, the fact that they get to maybe just have some fun with the stipulation, I like that too. It's Because the match itself would be fine. But I think this is the type of thing that would be very memorable, these two guys just cutting up uh, in a match of this nature. So my next bout is um, the tag match. Arn Anderson, Brian Pillman versus Ric Flair and a mystery opponent chosen by Nick Bockwinkle. And initially, I thought about having Bockwinkel activate himself. <laughs> I but thought he it was had, to him as well. Because he hadn't wrestled since, I think, '87 ish. Um, but instead, Ric Flair's op- uh, uh, tag partner is going to be the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Oh, wow. Okay. Dust, Dusty Rhodes hadn't wrestled in about a year, but he was there as a commentator. He would wrestle after this for years yet, after this. So, um, you know, again, Dusty uh, and Flair had such a history with each other over the years. And Anderson, too, you know, he was always against Dusty when they were in the Horsemen. So I think would w- w- chooses Dusty, who's in the house. And as an old school wrestler, of course, has his gear with him. Right. And, and, and uh, uh, would just be that, And I think the look on Flair's face when he gets Dusty, you know, would be. This is amazing. I think he would be shocked. And then he'd be like, well, yeah, of course, you know, I've been against Disty so much to have him with me now. Why not? And, of course, in, 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 in regular reality, Flair turned on Sting. And I and, and you can do that still before the end of the year. I don't think you necessarily need to have Flair turn on Rhodes here. I don't think that would really accomplish much for you. So I would have Flair and Rhodes win. Of course, I don't think you can have them lose in the in this match. So I, I think it's basically going to be a match where Flair will work the bulk of it against Pillman and, and Anderson and do very well. And then Dusty will come in and do the flip flop and fly and his couple of moves and and win probably by pinning Arn because you know Arn he'll he'll take he'll take he'll take the loss to Dusty any any day.
0: Right. Well, you also could have. Pedro Morales was also on the roster.
1: I saw that, and I didn't. I didn't remember ever seeing him work. Right. Uh, uh, a match.
0: Nick Bawlingle so and Pedro Morales versus
1: Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> That's... That's that sounds like one of the Slammerie Legends reunion matches that they <laughs> that they would do. That they would do. I did look up to see what Pedro was doing at the time. I saw him. He was on the roster. I don't know if he was working in the back or, 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 or what, but yeah, I didn't use Pedro Morales. Yeah, neither did I. Um,
0: my next match I is where I use Sabu, Sabu with the Sheik versus Ric Flair um, for similar okay. reasons that you said. Um, a match that, you know, we've not seen happen and a match that would have been meaningful for Sabu We're in Detroit, the Sheik is there. Um, I suppose you could have Flair be the heel here. Um, I think, though, that Sting, you said Sting with Sabu. I think that those styles maybe would have meshed better, actually, in thinking about it. But mm-hmm. I, I do think that Flair could have bumped around for Sabu in a really good yeah. way. You might not be able to see him do some of the top rope moves to Flair that you would see, you saw him do to Mr. JL, for example. But, mm-hmm. um I do think that these two could have a really good, interesting match, which is a combination of two very different styles. Um, And I I think it would have been fun to see just to say Flair and Sabu faced each other, I think would have been fun.
1: So. Yeah, I agree. Same, same logic that that we both had. Um, Yeah. Flair and and Flair could work with anybody. And, And I think it's, You know, it would be Flair getting Sabu to work his style of match, but at the same time allowing Sabu to do the things that Sabu did. Like, if you go back and look at, say, Flair versus Sting from the first Clash of the champions... That's the template you would follow. Flare doing the Flare things, but allowing Sting to do the stuff that he knows would get Sting over. So yeah. I think it would be very similar here with, with, with Sabu. And, and yeah, I, I think both of our ideas was if Sabu's there, let's do something with him. Let's do something,
0: something Yeah, and you cool. said Savage as well. I think Savage would have made a
1: really good opponent for him too. Yes, yes. That was my other thought was to use Savage. And and, and I decided I, I like the idea of him and Orndorff together better. But I love that. So next up is, is my main event. And it's my spin the wheel, make the deal match. And it, it is going to be a steel cage. And it is going to be uh, Hulk Hogan with Jimmy Hart versus the Giant with Kevin Sullivan. Both Hart and Sullivan outside the cage, of course. Um, I, I I do like your idea better of... of Giving the Giant more or less a squash to build him up a little bit. I don't know what you're doing with Hogan yet. Uh, but but to me, it just seemed like this was the collision point for, for Giant versus Hogan. So to go ahead and do that. Uh, but of course, get rid of all the crazy crap that was around it in real life. Uh, a cage match, I think, allows the Green Giant, not the Jolly Green Giant, but the Green Giant, to uh hide some of that because in in a cage match, it's punching, it's kicking, it's throwing the other dude into the cage, it's some body slams. So I and, and Hogan can sell well until he decides he doesn't want to sell anymore and he hulks up. So I think that that you would have a first part of the match that is the giant looking good, then Hogan comes back, and you can still have some chicanery. You can still have um, you know, and I would put the belt on giant let's go ahead let's just do it you know um because of the ending for a pay-per-view i hate that so i would probably have hogan climbing out of the cage and jimmy hart turns and stops him from dropping while hogan while kevin sullivan helps the giant get out of the cage door so i would i would have uh, the giant win and then to send the fans home happy hogan can get locked in the cage with jimmy hart the traitor and you know, body slam Jimmy and give Jimmy the big boot and the leg drop and all that good stuff. So, but but I think this is the collision point. It might be early to put the belt on the Giant, but you can take it off of them in quick order to any number of people. To Sting the Savage, to uh, to Hogan again, what what have you? But uh, yeah, I think I like the idea. Of what you did better, but I but to me, I couldn't think of anything better to do with Hogan and Giant. So I just thought, well, let's just clear away the mess. And 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 do a step that that they could work.
0: Yeah, I'm you know I'm surprised you kept that match, but I like that you made it a cage match because I do think it would suit the giant's greenness a little bit more. Now you mentioned the Jolly Green Giant. Does he come in instead of the Yeti? Or yes, he,
1: he, him with 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 Sprout as the manager.
0: <laughs> with Sprout. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. No. Um. I do think that this would suit them. And yeah, you know. Uh, having jimmy hart turn on him would would be interesting and the fact that giant gets the belt is also i think a good shocking kind of twist to have in mm-hmm. the interview end um and yeah i mean i i i, I you know we all wish that uh, paul white was a little bit more refined at this time he wasn't but uh yeah i think the way you did it would have made for maybe a more palatable uh main event
1: yeah, yeah. Like I said, I just couldn't think of what else to do with either guy. Like I said, I like what you did with Giant, so we'll see what you do with Hogan.
0: Yeah, and uh, so my main event is where I utilize the spin the wheel, make the deal. Um, but it is between Hulk Hogan and Dusty Rhodes.
1: Ah, oh, so you pulled Dusty out too. Yeah, I did. And... In my mind, I was trying to figure who you hadn't used yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you use Orndorf in anything?
0: No, I didn't. because okay, for a minute awesome. there,
1: I thought maybe you might finally do the big Orndorf Hogan blow off from
0: ten years <laughs> ago. That would have been a good idea too. Um I you know, so like I said earlier, I thought about using Johnny B Bad for what you know, because when I watched that first match with him in it, I was like, oh wow, you know, he was really holding his own, doing a really good job. The crowd yeah. popped for him. As you said, they they really reacted, and I was like gosh, why didn't you know, it wouldn't be fun to use him in a main event slot. But I went away from that because I was like, you know, I can use Johnny B. Bad in a better, more logical way. And Dusty Rhodes is there. Has that match ever happened? To the best of my knowledge, it did not. And, you know, yes, Dusty was not the Dusty of old here, but um I think just having this match would be something that people wanted to see. You have one of the Faces of NWA, WCW, and then you have the longtime face of WWF. Have them face each other for the first time. It could be a face first face match, but as I said, it's a spin the wheel, make the deal, and it will be a Texas Bull Rope match. So who does that favor? That nice. obviously favors Dusty. That's and the obviously. That's how you get around the fact that Dusty might not be as, uh, agile as he once was. So you have this be, you know, more of a brawl affair, have some blood there. Hogan is perfectly willing to do blood when, uh, he wants to. Um, so I think that he would have done so here, obviously you have Hogan go over, um, but maybe not obviously one in the back of my head, while you were mentioning your main event, Leonard, I thought about maybe using, um, a, a draw where both guys are just knocked out. And like you have like a rematch of some sort, but uh mm-hmm. you could have Hogan go over here and, you know, it, it would be a dream match per se, you know, and even though it might not be a five star classic dream match, it would be a match that I think would
1: turn heads. So, so I looked up real quick here. Dusty Rhodes versus Hulk Hogan happened in 1980 in Japan. You know what? I might
0: have that box set. I wonder if it's on there.
1: Okay. <laughs> But, but uh, you know, that was so long ago, and it was in Japan. Uh, Hogan was the he, heel then, most likely. Yes, most likely he was definitely working heel. Um, I, you know, that's a great idea, having Hogan-Dusty, having it be a bull rope match. Uh, I think that's exciting. I think that's different. Um, you know, I, one thing that I struggled with, and probably you did too, was the fact that the roster was pretty thin at this point. Yeah. And, again, we're both pulling Dusty Rhodes out of the mothballs for a prime, prime position. You thought about pulling um, out Nick Bockwinkle. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I did too. I thought about using Bockwinkle as well. Um, but I like this idea. I love the image of just the two of them in the ring. I mean, Dusty was way past his prime here. But, again, he continued to work up into the aughts. So uh, I definitely think that at this point, He was, you know, he wasn't as good as he once was, but he was good once as he ever was. I think that saying applied to Rhodes at this point. So I think if you gave him a pay-per-view match against Hogan, a bull rope match, which would hide, you know, a lot of his shortcomings at this point, I think he could get up for it. It, It's it's a great uh, idea. Did you did you say who won? I, yeah, I would have probably Hogan go over, okay. but you could also
0: have it end in like, you know, you don't want to end a pay-per-views this way, but you can have it end in a draw.
1: You mentioned both- the draw, but I didn't think you were going with
0: the draw. Or like so. a, blo- like they're both a bloody mess and, uh, you know, there's no clear cut winner or something like that. Um, but, uh, y- yeah, you'd probably have Hogan go over just because it's a dream match and Dusty is not going to work full time. Um, you know, if he was working full time at this point, I might have him
1: go over. But, uh, obviously, this would be kind of like a one-off dream match. So, Sure, yeah. And you know what you could do, too, if, if Dusty is back is, especially if you do like a clash of the champions after this, is have Giant go over roads. Yeah, that's true. Because, that, again, you continue just to have him season himself on the road to Hogan. So, the fact that Hogan beat Dusty, and like you said, Dusty's not going to work a main uh, a, a schedule, a main schedule, but if he's gonna be around, that I like that as a clash of the champions match. And being that it's Giants.
0: was was Dustin Rhodes Gold Dust at this point or not yet?
1: Yeah, I, he was not around. Um I'm trying to think when gold yeah, I believe gold dust had debuted by this point. Yeah, in, you can have Dusty come MW. out dressed, dressed all in gold. Maybe right. Not with, right maybe for, not
0: with the face paint, but like, you know.
1: In a gold in a gold outfit. Or he could or he, he could rock the polka dots. Oh god.
0: That would that would be great, you know. But slightly different, just to like p- let people know what it was, but like not exactly the same.
1: Yeah. So so instead of being black with yellow polka dots, it would be yellow with black polka dots, or yellow and red polka dots, right? right. Because Hogan had gone to to the black at this point to, to feud with the Dungeon of Doom, so so Roach takes the the Hogan colors. I love it. I love it. I you know That's what. The- I think
0: both of our cards are significantly better than, than what
1: the original. Yes. Was. I think we both had a, a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Um. You know, the fact that the stipulations that we added, I think helped the spin the wheel, make the deal doing something Halloween related. The fact that we were both pulling random dudes out of the mothballs balls yeah. uh, to, to, to be part of it, to shore up the card. Yeah. Um, you know uh a lot of gimmicks halloween havoc i think is one of those shows where you can do a lot of that stuff with you can have fun i think you can work outside of your main continuity a little bit um so yeah i mean this was fun we talked about either rebooking this show or rebooking uh the one that had sting versus jake roberts i can't remember that was 91 or 92 now because those are just both notorious uh main events Uh, regardless of everything else that was on the show. Um, But Halloween Havocs are fun, I think, and we'll definitely, maybe next year, we'll do the uh, Robert Sting one for Halloween. But uh, I like doing this, and I agree with you. I think we both came up with with some fun ideas, and and I like all the cards that we created.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And uh, please let us know what you thought of our rebooks. Let us know what you thought of the original pay-per-view, if you've seen it. Um, Check out our other videos, Random Match Reviews, Stupid Questions, What's That Card, Segment Surgery. Uh, We're also available wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, please hit the like button on this video. Subscribe to our content. And for Leonard, my name is Chad. We will see you next time.